Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Today on The Charlie Kirk Show, I answer your questions. Who's my favorite figure from history? What do I think of the HR quadruple six bill, which is awfully creepy? I answer the question, who is better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? And there's only one right answer there. And I answer all of your questions that you emailed me, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. Before we get started, type in Charlie Kirk Show to your podcast provider, hit that subscribe button, and leave us those five-star reviews. We have a great show in store where I answer your questions. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Charlie Kirk Show, kicking off another week in this world where it seems our freedoms and liberties are deteriorating in front of us every single day, we have natural rights given to us by God that are being violated every single day by state, local, and sometimes federal government orders that are preventing us from going to church, preventing us from exercising our free speech rights, preventing us from basically living our life as we see fit. We're going to dive into that into the show, and I encourage all of you to go back into the archives of The Charlie Kirk Show and check out Open America Now, we go through how the models, the very experts that said that Donald Trump would not win the Republican nomination, that said that Donald Trump wouldn't win the presidency, that said that Donald Trump would declare war with North Korea, that said the stock market would crash if Donald Trump got elected right after he got sworn into office, that said the economy would crater. These very same experts that have been wrong about the climate, that have been wrong about everything, are now all of a sudden saying, well, you just got to believe our models, despite the models being wrong from the beginning. How on earth did it go from, well, we need to flatten the curve. We need to slow the spread. Or my favorite is we have to stop the spread. Hold on a second. Stop the spread means not one transmission of the virus. So we went from flattening the curve, which is nothing more for those of you that remember seventh grade math class, just flattening the X, Y axis, essentially flattening the inputs, which can be easily manipulated based on how many cases, based on accessibility to testing. Is it? Are we trying to flatten the curve of testing? Are we trying to flatten the curve of deaths? Are we trying to flatten the curve of new cases? Are we trying to flatten the curve of infected cases or serious cases? What curve exactly are we trying to flatten? This has now turned into one of the greatest, if not the greatest power grab of our freedoms and liberties in the history of America. And I'm going to be very honest with you. I have been disappointed at the lack of peaceful rebellion against the tyrants. I have called for peaceful rebellion for people to march in the streets, socially distanced, wearing masks if you need to, against Governor Whitmer, against 
Governor Newsom, against Governor Cuomo, that are forcing you to stay in your homes, that are not allowing you to live your life absent of government tyranny. And quite honestly, I've been disappointed by the lack of resistance. Sure, there's there's a fair amount of protests here and there, but we, large in part, have seen our own citizenry abdicate their freedom and abdicate with it their responsibility, because with it, with freedom comes responsibility. You can't have the freedom to do something without actually having to be responsible for yourself. If you just do nothing but indulge in limitless liberty, put whatever you want in your body, whenever you want to do it, it's not going to end well. You extrapolate that to its furthest extent, you're going to be in a miserable state. So you must have responsibility. And all of that has just basically been transitioned to our government. And so I encourage you to go back in the archives to Open America Now. We're going to have some great guests coming on either uh, in a couple in a couple episodes from now or next week where we'll have Keith Rose and Aaron Ginn come on, who are some of the some of the two most amazing data analysts. I was getting calls from them very early on saying, Charlie, you don't understand. These models are wrong. The statistics are wrong. They are using this as an excuse to shut down and to destroy America. And so we'll dive into that at great length. But I think everyone listen to this right now. You can email me your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. You have to ask yourself the question, why would someone want to keep America perpetually closed? They would only want to keep America perpetually closed if they want to see America perpetually in decline. The only reason to keep America shut down is if you want to destroy America. And every single day that we keep America in this constant fear, this demagoguery, that some of the experts on TV have said, for these states that open too quickly, they might see an acceleration of the spread. That's inevitable. COVID-19, the China virus, is not a hurricane. It doesn't just go away because you stay in your home for 30 days. Absent a breakthrough medical treatment, of which, of course, we have hydroxychloroquine and we have zinc and we have certain treatments, at some point you have to allow the people that are not going to be at risk, the at-risk population, to actually go live their life. There's remdesivir. I might be mispronouncing it. There's lots of treatments out there. So for young people in particular, you've had your prom canceled. You've had your commencement canceled. 27 million people out of work, despite our government continually issuing visas for foreign workers to come take your jobs away, the highest unemployment in our nation's history. Your life, your liberty, and your future are now put in jeopardy with the $6 trillion that we have created out of thin air that will deteriorate the currency, that will weaken your purchasing power, and limit your freedom and liberty in the future with the national debt be accelerating. You are not at risk. Our generation is not at risk. Open up the schools. Let people back to colleges. Don't see people that are at risk. Wear a mask if you're going to see someone that's at risk. Do some volunteer work. Why should we put all of our trust in a government that has been wrong about everything. This is the very same government that spied on Donald Trump, the very same government that has a routine pattern of corruption run by the very same people that do insider trading, such as Senator Richard Burr, allegedly, who, by the way, the Federal Bureau of Investigation just subpoenaed his cell phone. Big deal. That's not inconsequential. These are the very same ruling class tyrants of Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and James Comey and Lois Lerner, who used the instruments of the Internal Revenue Service to audit and investigate and target conservative groups. Our government does not have our best interests at heart. Now, when I say our government, it's separate than the president of the United States, because the president 
is separate than the multi-million member body of the federal government or the state government. They want an America that does not glorify God, instead pays tithing and tribute, or even more than tithing, to government that gives our liberty and all the power to the federal government. So I want to use this episode to get into some of the questions because there's been so many questions pouring in on freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. You guys have been emailing us. I want to see what you're reading. I want to see what you're seeing. I have to say, I learned, people say, Charlie, how do you have a finger on the pulse? Well, it's because of those of you that listen to the Charlie Kirk Show and email me. I read your emails. I look at the links you send me. I get informed. I get enlightened from them. So please keep them coming. Uh, I, I consider it a blessing. It's how, it's how I can see where the conservative base or even those in the middle, or there's a lot of leftists that listen to our show as well. And I'm really glad that you do. I hope I can convince you away from that point of view very soon. This is how we understand on our show the direction that the country is heading, freedom at charliekirk.com. So let's get into some of the questions here. Uh, hey, Charlie, who is your favorite figure from history outside of Jesus Christ? Well, I do appreciate the condition on that. So sitting on my desk here at Turning Point USA, I ask people, say, oh, that's an interesting statue. What is that? I say, I will give you a cash prize of $100, $250 if you can tell me who that is. So I turn it around. And they say, I don't know. It's, it's, by the way, it's kind of like a Roman-looking statue. They say, is it Julius Caesar? Is it uh, Augustus? Is it Aristotle? Is it Plato? Is it Socrates? Is it Cicero? And all those answers are wrong. So there's an old expression by Lord Acton. And Lord Acton used to say, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Now, I would generally agree with this statement. You look throughout human history, whether it be Nero or Napoleon or all the dictators or authoritarian leaders of human history, they have tended to abuse their power. They use their power to continue slavery. They use their power to conquer new lands. They use their power to rob from the treasury different degrees of sin. However, the problem with that phrase is a singular individual who I consider to be someone that everyone listening to this podcast and every young person can learn, especially in a time like this, especially in a time during a nationwide pandemic, especially during a time when we are looking for moral leadership. And that man is named Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius was the fifth of the good emperors of Rome. Now, remember, Rome was a republic at one point and transitioned to the Roman Empire. Upon Julius Caesar winning the Roman Civil War, he crosses the Rubicon, wins the Civil War with the help of Mark Antony, abolishes the Roman Republican style of government that had a rotating Roman council appointed by the Roman Senate for one year apiece. And then they started the Roman Empire, which was in a hereditary chosen way of getting leaders. There was Caesar Augustus, who was the beginning of the Pax Romana, and then you had the five good emperors. The last of the five good emperors was so much better and so much greater than the emperors that preceded him. And his name was Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius controlled almost more land than any other Roman emperor in the history of the empire. He had more absolute power. He could have done anything he wanted to do. He was the closest thing to a god that could come on planet Earth. And yet, despite having absolute power, he was the closest thing to a benevolent dictator, the closest thing that Plato would argue as a philosopher king that we will ever get close to. He was a moral man that started 
a philosophical school, one that I actually try to subscribe to, blending it and reinforcing the Christian ethic called Stoicism. Now, Marcus Aurelius was careful to not commit adultery, not just careful. He was obedient. He cared about the rights of the disenfranchised. He stopped the slaughter and the persecution of Christians, something that is hotly debated in certain historical circles. But recent documents and recent archaeological discoveries show that Marcus Aurelius did stop the plight of Christians throughout Europe. Someone that cared so much about leaning into others, someone that cared about individuals that did not necessarily have rights. Now, he was not so ahead of his time that he abolished slavery. There was still slavery in the Roman Empire while he oversaw this. But he was a man that cared about duty. So he wrote a book that he wanted destroyed upon his death called Meditations. In this book, Meditations, it's it's him writing to himself. It's him struggling with the biggest issues of morality and God. And as he writes this, you see a philosophy formed, one around duty. The entire school of Stoicism, that a guy that had absolute power, that could have drank wine for every day of the 19 years that he oversaw the Roman Empire, that could have been endlessly drunk and called in women from every corner of the world and declared war and cut people's heads off. What you saw in this book and reinforced by external supplemental texts is the school of philosophy of Stoicism is one that first and foremost believes that deferring human pleasure is a good thing, that self-discipline is a paramount virtue for individuals, that duty for a good cause is a righteous thing, that if you die for your family, you are a hero. This is a great blueprint for young people and especially young leaders, having patience, having empathy for other human beings, being the best what you can be. My favorite Marcus Aurelius quote, is instead of wondering what a good man might look like, be one. It is around action. It is around that you as an individual have the capacity to improve your life. And basically in the school of Stoicism, thanks to the last good emperor of Rome, Marcus Aurelius, who could have been an immoral Nero-type leader, who could have conquered distant lands and could have cut people's heads off, Instead, he made a conscious choice, despite having absolute power, not to allow it to corrupt absolutely. Instead, to be benevolent and to be good. And everyone listening to this podcast has a situation where you are in that situation. It might be a very micro situation amongst friends. It might be you have the absolute power to steal a wallet. But instead of wondering if you can get away with it or what the punishment might be, challenge yourself to be a better person. So Marcus Aurelius really laid out the blueprint for Western Stoicism. Adam Smith was a Stoic who, of course, dis- dis- discovered the, the free market and the inquiry into wealth of nations. We as Western society owe so much to the writings and teachings of a guy that didn't even want this manuscript to go public. He handed it to somebody, said destroy it. They ended up not destroying it. The Book of Meditation is only about 100 pages long. I encourage all of you to look through it. And I think it's a call to action to everyone listening to this podcast. In, despite everything going around you right now, What can you do to be a good person? Or do you have enough control over yourself? Do you have enough self-discipline, which actually give you freedom, freedom from those indulgences and freedom from a decline into the worst aspects of human behavior? So my favorite figure from history outside of Jesus Christ, Marcus Aurelius, who showed us, despite all the temptations that he had, despite all the quote-unquote freedom, I'm sure a lot of people listen to this podcast, if you were given 
the opportunity to be the emperor of Rome. I know myself personally, I would struggle with all the temptations that came with it. We can learn a lot from someone that had all the potential to do harm or to indulge selfishly, to actually do good, to be benevolent, and to help other people. Marcus Aurelius, my favorite figure from history, outside of Jesus Christ. Hey, Charlie, what are your thoughts on H.R. 466666, the Democrats' contact tracing bill? So (laughs) if you actually look into this bill, look, I first get into this. If you're going to design a bill around government surveillance and Orwellian-type monitoring of citizens, whoever was around the branding or the placement of this, probably not a good idea to use the mark of the beast. Probably not a good idea to use the mark of Satan. Just maybe they could have done double six, six, five. I mean, any other combination than that. Not exactly a good marketing strategy. So it's a hundred billion dollar giveaway to big tech, to companies that would be surveilling us. It's so prone to fraud, waste and abuse. So basically what this bill would mean, despite the creepiness and despite the spiritual nature of the whole thing and the dark spiritual nature of all of it. If you test positive with it, that would mean that the government could put you on permanent house arrest. That means the government can come to your home, tap on your door, and demand you take a COVID-19 test. This is unconstitutional. This is anti-liberty. And here's what it comes down to. Are we going to have a contact tracing test for the flu, for cold, for any other infectious disease that we might have? Because there's a lot of ways that you can get sick. And how are they going to enforce this? A massive quarantine force of robots? This is immoral. This is evil posing as an angel of light. I will resist at every corner the government tracing me, the government chipping me, which is being proposed, by the way, government mandated vaccines. Now, if you really believe in vaccines to get this specific treatment, so be it. I hope you have the freedom to do that. I am not doing that under mandate. If you are forcing me to do that, I will not do that. I won't cell phones to trace your movements, this will be the greatest growth of government beyond what we've already seen to track your movements, to track what you're doing, and that would empower the tech companies to continue to do it. What is the breaking point? For those of you that are listening to this podcast that haven't joined a protest, that haven't voiced your opinion, that are afraid of losing your friends, when is it too much for you? At what point, like everyone should have a written down breaking point. Take out a piece of paper right now. If you are not outraged like I am, if you are not terrified and horrified at the current trajectory and direction of our country and our government's abuse of our individual freedoms and liberties, our natural rights given by God, articulated in our birth certificate, the laws of nature and nature's God, what is your breaking point? Write it down or email it to me. Where You might say, Charlie, I think you're overreacting. My breaking point is when they actually start shattering glass in my house to come and take my children away. Okay, that might be your breaking point. My breaking point has already happened. My breaking point was two months ago. My breaking point was when I saw the manipulation of language, when I saw the lies, when I saw the dishonesty, and I saw the gleeful nature that the Democrats had that they were creating $6 trillion out of thin air to indebt our country, addict the citizenry, on government benefits, destroy the American economy, blame Trump for it, enrich China, continually bring foreign nationals into our country under an ulterior agenda to push a Rousseauian Marxist philosophy of government into our country. Breaking point is long past for me. But if you look at this bill, 
four sixes for the HR, which again, any of you that believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and even if, even if you don't, you just believe in God or you believe in at least the symbology or the metaphorical reasoning for God, this should horrify you. This is not anywhere near joking around anymore what the Democrats are proposing in our country. I will not be silent. I'll be louder than ever as the federal government and the Praetorian Guard marches onward to violate what God has given us, this beautiful gift of the United States of America. And until you listen to this podcast, get so loud that our elected officials cannot ignore you anymore, they will not stop. Tyranny will only stop if good people stand up against it. It is the old Edmund Burke quote, all it takes for evil to exist is for good men to do nothing. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're worried about losing friends, well, you're going to lose your country. I will lose all my friends happily if that means that the United States of America can say free, prosperous, safe, secure, and under moral governance. Easily. You're afraid that your neighbors are going to think that you're a little bit on the fringe? They're not your friends anyway. Now is the time to stand up truth. They're talking about monitoring the entire United States population for $100 billion to local governments to carry out the COVID-19 testing case. I hope you recognize deeply what is happening here. Unless there is a vanguard of liberty and freedom created right now, your children and our grandchildren very quickly will have a country that is so unrecognizable, so socialist and Marxist, we will be more focused on taking back a country from the left rather than preventing the left from taking over America. Mark from Minnesota, he sends us quite a few emails. Thank you, Mark. You can email us all the time at freedom at charliekirk.com. Go straight to me. Please email me your thoughts. He says, you are the most passionate conservative leader out there. What is your source for your drive? Well, first of all, I appreciate that compliment. I think there are other equally as passionate conservative leaders out there, Mark Levin and Rush Limbaugh and many others. Look, I work 19, 20 hours a day. I love every single minute of it. It is the greatest blessing ever to exist in the history of the world. I've always been a high-energy guy, unlike certain people running for the presidency of the United States in 2016. But I'm so passionate about this fight because I understand the stakes of it. I understand the human improbability of having the individual capacity for liberty and freedom. I'm passionate because I see how real people that are given strong families, that are supplied with the teachings of the Bible, that or given the freedom and liberty to make conscious and good and moral choices, absent of government involvement, are able to see human flourishing. And when it all clicks for you like it has for me, if you don't fight, that is doing something immoral. And this should be a call to action for every single person on this podcast. If it makes sense to you and you're not doing everything you possibly can, that doesn't mean everyone has to get involved in politics. That's not what I'm saying. But we need politically active, politically vocal plumbers, electricians, welders, teachers, authors, business people, Painters, truck drivers, no matter what you're doing, mothers, neighbors, friends, family, every person who listens to this podcast should double how vocal you are about politics today. I know that it's not easy. I know it's not fun, but I get emails all the time. Charlie, how can I get involved? Just get involved. Knock on your neighbor's door. You're going to have uncomfortable conversations. And if you have a question about something that you're up against a lot, that's why I'm here. That's what I, that's why I do what I do. I'm here to answer your questions. You can email me freedom at charliekirk.com. You can go in the archives of the Charlie Kirk Show. We've done over 15 Ask Me Anythings. We've done almost every single topic that you can imagine from philosophical to moral, and we're always going to dive into more topics and news of the day. But you got to double the amount of passion and intensity because they're stealing our country from us at such an alarming pace. The statists and the enemy of America, and I tweeted out the other day, 
that Democrats want to destroy America. And you should say that every single day. Democrats want to destroy America. They want to destroy it from within. They want to destroy it from the outside. They want to take over our most prized possessions and our institutions and the fabric of the United States of America. And so for those of you that want to do something about it, you can, of course, go to Turning Point USA, TPUSA.com. But my drive is rooted in, first of all, the belief of God, but also that if you do nothing, I will not be able to live with myself as someone who considers duty to be very important, going back to what I talked about Marcus Aurelius, to doing what is right, to doing what is moral in the world. I would not be able to live with myself, which is something I consider to be very important under the Christian ethic. I would not be able to live with myself if I did not do everything I possibly could to stop the rise of leftism and Marxism in America, to advance freedom and liberty. But we're not even talking about advancing freedom and liberty right now. You understand the significance of what I'm trying to say right now is that for years we've been talking, well, Charlie, how do we tell people what we're for? We as conservatives have to tell people what we're for. And I'm not mocking that. I agree with it. That conversation's not going to happen anytime soon. Now we have to tell people clearly what we're against, because that's all that's happening right now is bad ideas. Bailing out states, cash for illegals, weed for children, open borders, sending money halfway around the world, appeasing the Iranian dictators. We're against all those things, and they're happening at an alarming pace. President Trump is the only hope that we have and the only politician that is somewhat different than the traditional ruling class and political class that has done so much damage to our country. I'm against creating $6 trillion out of thin air. I'm against addicting people to government benefits like we did to the latest unemployment provision. I'm against $350 million to illegal aliens, which our latest stimulus bill just did. Or the one before the latest one, I should say. I'm against $25 million to the Kennedy Center. I'm against $75 million to NPR and the public broadcasting system, NPR being the national public radio. So where do I get my passion? I can't watch bad happen and do nothing. I can't. Some people can. Some people are fine thinking that politics is a spectator sport. No, it's not. Some people are okay just tuning in and listening and doing here and there. There's never been a better time in American history, a more important or critical time to take up your duty to save America. You can do something. Convert one person. Chip in $5 to a cause that is good. It doesn't have to be turning point. It can be any cause. Chip in $1. Chip in $0.50. You're invested then. For anyone listening to this podcast, you should give more money to politics than you spend on coffee every single year. Or maybe you're more passionate about coffee than you are politics. That's fine. But in your value system, if you care about America and you care about God and morals, then you should spend your money appropriate with it. So thank you, Mark, for the question. I am passionate about that particular viewpoint because I am so troubled, worried, horrified, and saddened at how many people are sitting on the sidelines while our country is burning. Our country is burning in front of us, and so many people are doing nothing except watching Netflix. Doing something can be as simple as making a conscious decision that I will persuade one person. Conscious decision that I'm going to do more, contribute financially. We are in this fight every single day. I'm under the incoming of the New York Times, of the Washington Post, of the left-wing elitist media. We need your help, everybody. you got to do something to get engaged and involved. Amp up that passion. Your country needs you. Look, everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you start dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds start about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and that they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands you know. 
Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are the best ones yet with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, perfect for conference calls or listening to the Charlie Kirk Show. I can tell you right now, Mr. Producer, he's wearing them right here. He can just totally, he loves it. There's nothing inhibiting him. He's a big fan. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet. No dangling wires or stems to distract anyone during video calls. I know there's a lot of those happening right now. You've heard me talk about how the company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Cardi B are obsessed with Raycons. Pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. I can tell you they work amazing. I use them when I used to be able to run and work out. Hopefully I'll be able to do that soon. Raycon is the way to go. So you just go to buyraycon.com, get 15% off your order. That's buyraycon.com, the best wireless earbuds on the planet. That is buyraycon.com slash Kirk. Buyraycon.com slash Kirk for 15% off. Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash Kirk. Hello, Charlie. My name is Chris, and I was wondering, where do you think the meaning of racism has gone? It seems like all the left has is to call everyone that disagree, they disagree with a racist because you're a white male, because you're white, you don't understand. Has the word racism gone meaningless? Thanks, Chris Jenkins. I've talked about this quite a lot. I've talked about this at Turning Point USA. You guys should get involved. TPUSA.com. That's TPUSA.com. Look, the left cheapens the true meaning of racism. When you call everyone a racist, nothing then actually means the word racism. It dilutes it. So, for example, when they say the worst thing you could possibly say in human history, they say, oh, you're a Nazi, you're a Nazi, you're a Nazi. That cheapens the true evil and hatred that is out there. And guess what? I have actually stared down the eyes and repudiated evil white supremacy in America proudly. And I will again. I'm so distant from them morally. I believe in e pluribus unum out of many one. I believe in Imago Dei made in the image of God. I believe we're all God's children. I believe in all these things. I believe that individuals have natural given, natural born rights. And so when the left calls me these horrible things, they are so wrong. They are so lazy. They are so sloppy. And they cheapen true racism despite having no evidence, despite having no data to back up these unbelievably heavily weighted accusations against us. The left does this intentionally. The left wants to divide our country. Truth is not a left-wing value. They do not pursue truth. And because of this, the left wants to divide, divide us at every single corner. They want to divide rich versus poor, black versus white, men versus women. Every movement the left has is about division. It's about dividing people that support guns and don't support guns. It's about dividing the rich Wall Street financiers or the people that believe in free market capitalism to the people that don't. It's about dividing men versus women. It's about creating an accusation class against people that have done nothing wrong, but just might look different or might look not a way that they might approve of, the lefts are the true racist. If you understand the doctrine of the left, you actually understand that their worldview is around racial stereotyping and putting people in boxes. Let's look at white privilege. White privilege is a lie and it's a racist lie. There is no data to support that your skin color gives you any form of advantage in America. None. Zero. There's twice as many white people in poverty than black people in poverty. Now, yes, there is a higher percentage of black people in poverty than white people in poverty. The richest racial group in America are Asian American, by far. No one ever talks about Asian American privilege. In fact, right now they're saying that you can't be racist against Asian American people if you just dare say Chinese virus. 
But the Asian Americans are actually richer, have more wealth per capita, less likely to commit crimes than white Americans. Why does the media never mention that? The media does not mention that because it does not fit the narrative. Facts are in defiance of left wing objectives. The left has emotion. They're very heavy on the pathos. They're very heavy on trying to move people emotively towards a certain end goal. But they are very low in facts, logic, history, rational thought, scientific, objective analysis, and being able to have debate, dialogue, and discourse. And so when the left set calls everything a racist, it makes nothing racist. It cheapens the true meaning of racism. It is one of the sickest lies. America is the least racist, multiracial country in the history of the world. We, have, we are the most multilingual. We are the most multiracial, the most accepting country ever to exist in the history of the planet. And despite all this, the left tries to say, well, America is a racist, bigoted, homophobic, backwards country. If that is the case, why is it when the caravan was leaving Central America, it came north for America, but not south to Venezuela? Why is it so many people that are in minority races, such as Latinos and Hispanics, why do they want to come to America so badly? If America was so backwards, if America was so evil, if America was so bigoted, why is it that they want to come to our country? Because it's a lie. Why is it that the immigrants around the world are waiting in line the longest and put in the most effort to come to the United States of America? It's because none of the accusations that the left actually puts forward against America have any sort of facts, have any sort of rational analysis. Instead, it's agenda driven. Understand the left always has an ulterior motive. We as conservatives try to make order out of chaos. That's the paradigm of which we view things. We want an orderly society. That's why we want less immigration. That's why we want a wall. That's why we believe in strong families. That's why we believe in religious liberty, because that brings order to people's lives. The left wants chaos. The left are arbiters of chaos. You don't know what gender you are. You don't know where to go to the bathroom. Your kids don't believe in God. You give drugs to children. You keep your borders wide open. You don't know what language you speak. This creates division, which allows people to assume power. The left does not care about people. They only care about power. And the left tries to invalidate any sort of argument by saying what Chris said when he emailed us, freedom at charliekirk.com. He said, Charlie, I'm discredited because they say you're white. You don't understand. This is nonsense. Either it's true or it isn't. Truth transcends color. Objective analysis has no bearing whatsoever based on the melanin level in your skin, whether something happened or it didn't happen. Either data reflects it or it doesn't reflect it. This postmodernist subjective truth garbage will destroy Western society and destroy our country. So to finish the question, Chris, thank you for asking it. The left cheapens real racism. They are the true racists. They don't even point it out in their own ranks and they ignore it in their own party. When Joe Biden says, quote, you can't walk into a 7-Eleven without a slight Indian accent. When Joe Biden calls black people super predators, they ignore it and they cover for it. And they accuse the other side of something they themselves are actually doing. The Democrats are the party, the KKK, they're the party of segregation, they're the party of poll taxes. They are the party of the racist South. They ignore their history and project it on Republicans. The Republican Party was founded as an anti-slavery party in 1860 in Wisconsin under the ideas of emancipating slaves under the horror and the unspeakable sin of slavery. The Republican Party is the party of black senators getting elected, is the party of blacks going to Congress, is the party of women's suffrage, is the party of civil rights. Since the 1860s, which party has cared about race more, Republicans or Democrats? 
Democrats. In the 1920s, which party cared about race more, Republicans or Democrats? Democrats. In the 1960s, which party cared about race more, Republicans or Democrats? Democrats. Today, what party cares about race more, Republicans or Democrats? Democrats. Unfavorably. They focus on horrible, horrible incidents that are unspeakable and not defendable, like Ahmad Arbery. And they use that specific incident to divide the country and create a fake media narrative that this happens all the time, which it doesn't, to try to drive a wedge between black people and white people, to try to drive a wedge in our country between decent people all across America. And they do that to get power. And I'm not diminishing, and I'm not saying it was unspeakable horror of what happened to Ahmad Arbery. But the fact that we have said his name as much as we have said it, and we have focusing on that specific incident, is evidence of what I have been saying. They are using that incident to try to paint a media narrative that is not characteristic around the soul of our country. And quite honestly, I have avoided this topic intentionally because I wanted details to emerge. But the selective outrage that has happened time and time again is infuriating. People that will not speak up when 500 black kids are murdered by other black individuals in the streets of Chicago. But they will speak up when it happens to be a white on black crime in Georgia. Why is that? You won't speak up when blacks are killed in the streets of L.A., New York, and Chicago. But you make yourself awfully loud when it fits a narrative that you, oh, wow, I told you the KKK is alive and again. That is nonsense. Just because there are two losers that allegedly did something evil and unspeakable, all of a sudden we're supposed to say this is indicative of something bigger happening in America. When in reality, it's the opposite. In America, it's the place where regardless of skin color, you can achieve any level of success. America is not a racist country, no matter how much effort the left puts into it. America is a miracle. Now, remember this. The negatives of America, the shortfalls are universal. The positives are unique. We have integrated more races, more cultures than any other country in the history of the world. We are a miracle that we are able to exist. Any other country in in the world would have civil war. And we've been able to make it all work. It's because of the tenets of e pluribus unum, in God we trust, and liberty, and the decency and the character of the American people. And so, yes, to answer your question, the left does use this selectively to push an agenda. And you should push back and punch back twice as hard every single time they do. Are you worried about foreign actors that could possibly hack your computer? The Chinese Communist Party is on the attack. They've attacked our country. They lied about it. It honestly might be worse than Pearl Harbor or 9-11. And they're coming after your computer next. So I want to tell you about a partner I'm so thrilled about. They're called PCmatic. PCmatic is a white list, which means they're approved and a top level next generation antivirus system designed to stop modern threats like ransomware from the Chinese Communist Party. Did you know that the Chinese Communist Party and all their surrogates are attacking your computer every single day? and computers like your own. Independent testing, the AV test, they just named PCmatic as a top performer in the cybersecurity industry, giving it the best performance award for 2019. Only PCmatic has American research. So here's the thing. You could go to one of their competitors, sure. But guess what? All their competitors are made overseas. 
and they give them a back key to hack your computer. PCmatic is made by Americans in our own country for Americans, American research, development, and support. All their foreign, all their competitors are foreign, all of them. So if you have a service besides PCmatic, you might as well just hand your money overseas. You might as well just hand your money to people that hate our guts. Here's what they do. They block annoying and malicious ads. I've used it. It's made my experience so much better for hassle-free web browsing and makes your computers faster and more reliable even after use, years of use. For your Mac users out there, they can do it. For Android phones, they can do it. For XP, Vista, Windows 7, 8, and 10, all of it. Just $50 a month for five devices. So look, we know that building a wall on the southern border will sec- secure us against drugs, opioids, and child sex trafficking, and guns coming into America. But what's going to secure your computer away from Chinese Communist Party agents that want to hack into your device and cause havoc at your credit card information, your photos, and everything that you care about? That's why you need PCmatic. So right now, go to PCmatic.com slash Charlie. It's world-class security. Build the wall really tall, wide around your computer so the Chinese Communist Party can't get in. It's PCmatic.com slash Charlie. I can tell you, I've seen their back end. I know their team. It works. Protect your computer against foreign agents that want to destroy America and hack your prized possessions. PCmatic.com slash Charlie. Charlie, I've been watching The Last Dance to get my sports fix during this quarantine. By the way, before I finish your question, Scott from Chicago, this whole sports ban has been so hard on me. I just love athletics. I love human achievement and human flourishing. I love competition. I love the strategy. I love the excellence. I love the championship games. I love the pressure. And so why can't these sports come back? And by the way, for you NCAA commissioners, explain to me. Why can't, why can't we have March Madness in June? It's not like anything else is happening right now. It's not like there's an NBA draft for players to enter into. Do they even have the NBA draft? Yes? No? We'll get an answer to that in a second. Anyway, he says this. On social media, the battle is raging over who the true GOAT in basketball history is, LeBron or Michael Jordan. What are your thoughts? Rank the top five players in NBA history. Love the show. Scott from Chicago. This is my favorite question. So people say, Charlie, what's your favorite sports podcast? And I say, none of them. I will one day have my favorite sports podcast. I'm not even kidding. We will do a podcast, two-hour podcast at one time and sometime. Maybe it'll be on the Charlie Kirk Show feed and we'll just give it to you. But I can't wait till I'm able to host a sports podcast, basically because I actually know my stuff um, and I'm so passionate about it and I played sports. My producer is writing notes on here. He has no idea what he's talking about. So I'm just going to have him delete uh, his notes because he's trying to name the best basketball players of all time. I'm kidding, Mr. Producer. As he wears his Raycon earbuds, he's so happy about them. He now recopy-pasted it. Okay, first of all, I love The Last Dance, one of the greatest cinematic accomplishments in human history. If you have not seen it, it is remarkable, whether you like sports or not. I love Michael Jordan. I grew up just in Chicago, in the suburbs of Chicago. It was, he, was, he was like the Pope, okay? It, he was such a big deal. I, I, I don't know how to articulate this. But when, when in our AHYBA, which was the Arlington Heights Youth Basketball Association games, to give you an idea of the holiness of Michael, Michael Jordan, I don't use that word che- cheaply at all, they didn't allow the number 23 in the entire league. They did not allow kids to wear 23. It was retired. In a, in a youth division, literally 12 years later from Michael Jordan, it was retired. Where it's like, you, you can't wear 23. You will, you'll do it in injustice. In basketball stadiums and gymnasiums all across the Chicagoland area, they would just have Jordan jerseys hanging up. So I grew up just idolizing the greatest 
ever to play the game Michael Jordan. This documentary has shown me things about Michael that I didn't know in such positive ways. His obsession, his obsession to master the craft, how he was competitive in every single angle. And so he's even gone up further in my books. It actually has made me proud to be a Chicagoan. First time I've been proud to be a Chicagoan since the Chicago Cubs won the World Series in 2016, which was proof that there was a God because the Cubs had to win the World Series before Donald Trump could win the presidency against Hillary Clinton. I got to see the Cubs win the World Series with my 94-year-old grandma who has not missed a Cubs game since 1948. And even in Game 7, Inning 9, we go to extra innings. She's saying every five minutes, we're going to blow it. We're going to blow it. Cubs are going to lose. They're going to blow their lead. An absolute perfect Cubs fan. The total commitment to the inevitability of decay. And yet we won. So it's actually made me proud to be a uh, Chicagoan for the first time in a long time. Great city, great people, awful politicians, and awful policies. So first of all, let me just get this perfectly clear. Okay. Michael Jordan is on such a different level than LeBron. If this conversation even happens, it is a disgrace to all things true. LeBron James, I've grown in admiration. I, 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 go, I go in cycles with LeBron. I go up and I go down. I go up and I go down. I go up. I thought he was a coward and I thought he was a traitor when he went down to Miami. When he said, we're not going to win one championship. We're not going to win two. We're going to win three. He went down and he created his little cohort with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh because he wasn't man enough to go win one with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then he ended up Losing to the great Dirk Nowitzki in his first championship bid, I was so excited. I was a huge Dirk Nowitzki fan. I won. I wore number forty-one all throughout my basketball career. Loved Dirk Nowitzki, my favorite all-time player. And then LeBron ends up winning a couple championships in Miami. Uh, ends up going to Cleveland and say, "I'm coming home." And he does win a championship. I got to give him credit for that. Coming home was the right thing to do. And now he leaves and he comes back to Los Angeles. Okay, so let's just put it this way: How many? Finals that Michael Jordan lose. Exactly. None. Zero. Six and O. Oh. What is LeBron James' winning percentage in the NBA Finals? Sub 50%. LeBron James has lost more finals than he has won. LeBron James might be a quote unquote more complete player. That means nothing to me. Complete player or not, Michael Jordan was by far the most dominant, transformative player in the history of the sport. When there was pressure, LeBron James can't handle pressure. Name one moment besides LeBron James going up and blocking in Game 6 against the Golden... I might have Game 7, when he came back from the deficit against the Golden State Warriors. Name one moment besides a clutch defensive play that really was special with LeBron James. Name one. Yeah, you can't. LeBron James is not a clutch player. He is a choke player. LeBron James quivers under pressure. LeBron James is only good, as good as the people around him. He's only dominant because people don't play defense anymore in the National Basketball Association, illustrated by the points per game that have gone up dramatically versus Michael Jordan. You look at Michael Jordan when the NBA teams used to score 80 or 90 points a game, now they score 120, 130 points per game because they don't want to get hurt. They don't want to get injured. They want to sign big sponsorship deals to appease the Chinese government. I'm not even kidding. The sport has descended into mediocrity. LeBron James is 3-5 and five in finals. Michael Jordan is 6-0. and oh. LeBron James has won one final since he left the Heat, and that was at the Cleveland Cavaliers. And that was only because J.R. Smith had a freakish 
extra human experience in the NBA Finals. LeBron James is notorious for blowing big leads. LeBron James, yeah, sure, he has a very unique physique. But when you lose five finals, I don't know. That's not exactly a mark of greatness. Michael Jordan never lost when the pressure was on his shoulders. He held himself to such a high level of standard. I don't care about statistics because people don't play defense anymore. Michael Jordan changed the game forever. Oh, people say, well, LeBron James gets more credit for getting subpar teams there in the first place. Doesn't mean anything. If you can't win the big one, if you can't make it when the pressure is the highest it's ever been, you're nothing more than someone that can fill up the statistics box score. LeBron James, even if he wins with the LA Lakers, he's got Anthony Davis and a very high payroll. Sorry, LeBron, you will always be not the greatest player in the history of the sport. In fact, you will not even be close in the discussion. In fact, it's an insult to the individual that transformed the game. Can't win the big ones. He'll be known as Choke City Braun. Choke City Braun. Always. Michael Jordan, a deity in the game of basketball. I mean that metaphorically, okay? So let's name the five best players of all time. Mr. Producer has put forth some recommendations. I'm going to break this down analytically and rationally and not subjectively as he is because Mr. Producer is very, he struggles with his Los Angeles existence. He's a Dodgers fan, which is a constant commitment to having your expectations crushed, obliterated, shattered, and having a payroll far too big to possibly sustain the enterprise of the franchise long term. So he, he, I, I guess he has a, a special uh, place in his heart for Choke City Braun. So first of all, the best player of all time, Michael Jordan. The second best player of all time is Wilt Chamberlain, the only player ever to score 100 points. The third best player of all time is Magic Johnson, the best point guard ever to play from Michigan State Spartans. Six foot eight, absolutely incredible. The fourth best player ever to play the game, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, dominant in every single aspect. And the fifth best player ever to play the game, Kobe Bryant. Guess what, LeBron? He didn't make the list, okay? You didn't make the list because you're not one of the best players. In fact, you would sit on the bench in my dream team. Guess why? You can't win the big one. Kobe Bryant was not Choke City Bryant. May he rest in peace. He was special. He was a committed Catholic. He was a good man. Unlike LeBron James, who bashes our president and cares more about ineloquently commenting on how wonderful the Chinese Communist Party is, that's my dream team. Magic, Kareem, Wilt, Jordan, Kobe. LeBron, you can have the rest and lose. People say LeBron is a nice enough guy. You're not a nice enough guy when you insult Donald Trump the way you have and you go after the Chinese Communist Party. Sorry, don't have a lot of respect for you. I just don't. You might be donating to the right charitable causes. A lot of people do that, that we also characterize as some people that aren't necessarily on the higher spectrum of that. LeBron, you'll always be known as a loser in my books. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time. You don't even make the top five, LeBron. So speaking of the NBA, I know you can't watch LeBron James go choke in the NBA Finals. You can't watch uh, the Blackhawks win the NHL Stanley Cup. And you can't watch the L.A. Dodgers blow a big lead in Major League Baseball or the Cubs win the World Series. So you might think there's nothing to bet on, but you would be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack as they are bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can wager on. If you're into entertainment betting, you can still bet on Big Brother stock prices and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. They're all open 24 hours a day and all online. Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. I'm telling you right now, they're a great product, great service. And again, very soon, hopefully, 
will be able to watch sports again, so you can watch LeBron James go 3-6 and six in the finals. If he makes one, thanks to the supporting cast of Anthony Davis and the other people he has on in the squad. But right now, visit our good friends and exclusive partner of Podcast One. Bet online to take advantage of your best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code Podcast One for your sign-up bonus. Visit betonline.ag. Don't forget that promo code Podcast One for your sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so enough of loser LeBron. Actually, that's what I should use now. Loser LeBron. Here's a question. Hey, Charlie, do you think Biden will actually be the nominee? I loved your podcast when you dived into it, but it's hard to believe that Democrats shall actually go with him. This is Sierra from Reno, Nevada. Thank you. And that question is fielded from freedom at charliekirk.com. Please email me your questions. I will answer them here. Freedom at charliekirk.com. It's hard to say. I mean, a, a critical ingredient to becoming president of the United States is your ability to construct a sentence, which is something that he struggles with every single day. People are saying, well, what about Cuomo? What about Hillary? I don't see Joe Biden at the current trajectory being able to beat Donald Trump. Right now, Donald Trump is up in certain polling and battleground states. The economy is becoming a higher and higher of importance. And Donald Trump can actually win on the economy because he created the great economy, greatest economy in American history. And the American people will give him a pass because he actually doesn't have to run on the current economy. It's very interesting. Donald Trump can almost run as a prospective candidate with a good record, almost as if he's had a term off. So this is what is really interesting. There's only been one non-consecutive president in American history. It's been Grover Cleveland. We can get that double fact checked, but I believe it was Grover Cleveland, the only president to serve non-consecutive terms in American history. And Donald Trump actually has a chance to run as a non-consecutive term president, despite technically being a consecutive term president, because this coronavirus basically was like a second term of a presidency that wasn't even Donald Trump in the sense that he was basically shutting down the country and trying to get the country to survive. And people aren't going to really judge him that much on it. It's going to be a net wash. So now he can go back and be like, hey, let's go back to how things were. So now elect me again. Never really been an election like this where he's had such a dramatic election year event that has changed the course of all things that we do in our country. It is hard to overstate. It's hard to even describe the generational significance of the shutdown of the entire country. It's hard to even describe the draconian measures that are being put forth by our government and the erosion of our freedom and liberty. So Donald Trump is on a great course for re-election. He has to get re-elected for everything that we care about. If you love America, you must support Donald Trump. It's that simple. I don't want to hear one more thing about his tone, his tweets. I don't like that he goes after other people. Completely and totally irrelevant. If you love America, you vote for Donald Trump. It's that simple. If you love China, if you love open borders, if you love more abortions, if that's important to you, then Joe Biden is the guy for you. But if you love the history, the fabric, the patriotic qualities of our country, you must support Donald Trump's re-election bill. It's that simple. Re-election bid. It's that simple. Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, 200 circuit court judges, largest ever tax cut in American history, previously the best economy in American history. We can get it back. We have to re-elect Donald Trump. One last question here. Hey, Charlie, any chance you could talk a bit about the trade war that China is pushing in Australia? We've had nothing but threats for a week now. China is refusing to import meat from our four biggest companies and is putting an 80% tariff on our barley, which is our second biggest import. Thanks so much, Brett and Australia. Thank you for listening. We do have international listeners. I'm not that clued in to the trade war with Australia. I can tell you this. China's days are numbered, okay? The Chinese Communist Party is going to pay so severely and so harshly for what they did to our country. If we rise up, do not buy another product made in China again, period, done. So if you need textiles, go to New Balance. Everything New Balance has is made in America. New Balance is an amazing job. You can go to American Giant. Every single podcast, I will plug more textile companies that are made in America. There are some phenomenal co- companies. You can go to USA Store. Do not hand your money over to the Chinese Communist Party tyrants. And there are some partners we have in the Charlie Kirk Show. 
I've told them if they do not move all their productions out of China within the next 90 days, we will no longer partner with them. We're not bringing on any new partners of the Charlie Kirk show that have said they will not decommit to China. I want nothing to do with anyone that thinks that they can continue to do business in China and not pay a price here in America. And per our interview with the great Matt Gates, you can go back in the Charlie Kirk show archives and download that episode. Right now, the Department of Justice should not allow any Chinese made drones into our country. So China, I know you're listening to this. You've probably hacked our computers. You've hacked our own, our own system. You've just made an enemy that will be the end of your tyrannical rule over your, over your people, the Chinese Communist Party has, because you do not want to upset America. I'm telling you right now, we will rise up, we will make you pay, and we will punish you for what you did to our people, our country, and to the future of the greatest country ever to exist in the history of the world. And guess what? For those listening to Australia, get angry. Seek revenge. Because they killed your citizens because they lied about the virus and they allowed it spread across the entire world and they shut down the Western economy. China, we're coming for you. You're not going to know what hit you. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. You guys can email me your questions anytime. Freedom at charliekirk.com. Freedom at charliekirk.com. If you guys want to get involved with Turning Point USA, go to tpusa.com. That is tpusa.com. Get involved. Start a chapter. Chip in some money if you can. Even if it's $5 a month, you go to tpusa.com. Go to that donate tab. Be a $5 a month donor. I just encourage you to spend more money on freedom-based caused causes like Turning Point USA than you spend on coffee every single month. That is my personal challenge for you. If every single person listening to this podcast did that, our country would be a freer, safer, more prosperous place. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Charlie Kirk Show. Till next time, this is Charlie Kirk. Make sure you're subscribed to The Charlie Kirk Show. Type in Charlie Kirk Show, your podcast provider. Hit subscribe. Thanks so much. God bless. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in and deep satisfaction out <sighs> take a treat retreat at mcdonald's right now get a mccafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m price of participation may vary